Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 330 with the wonderful Holly Chantal. Hi, this is Holly Chantal and you're listening to the Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlomsky. Enjoy. I'm really looking forward to having this wonderful conversation with Holly Chantal and she's going to share her amazing success story and you're going to be surprised when she shares it because it's not in a way that you thought it would B. For over a decade, Holly Chantal has been helping visionary service professionals bring their message, offers, and marketing into alignment with their next stage of growth. Her specialty is working with established coaches and private practitioners who have reached a revenue ceiling and want to create higher ticket offers and more scalable business models. If you are looking for someone that can quickly grasp your vision and what you do in all of its complexity and helps you to move forward, then Holly is the woman you should call. I'm really looking forward to have this conversation with her now. And in case we have not met yet, I am Christine Schlonsky, the host of Heart Sales Podcast, where I talk with inspirational, successful, heart-centered entrepreneurs and business leaders about how they have built a wildly successful business And in many cases, they had to overcome their own challenges in selling their products and services. Some of my amazing past guests include the wonderful Bob Burke, co-author of the Go-Giver series. I highly recommend you check that out. That book changed my life. And he's also the author of more books, one of them being the Endless Referrals, which I highly recommend as well. Ian Altman is one of the top 30 sales gurus in the whole wide world. And Andrea Waltz, who was a wonderful guest, has helped thousands and thousands of people with her go for no approach. Even to the extent where we had a listener calling in, telling us how he used the book and had a summer of 1000 no's. So if you want to check that out, just Google it for the podcast and get your ears to listen to it. Very inspirational stories. This episode is brought to you by Heart Sales Academy, where we support heart-centered, ambitious entrepreneurs to redefine sales so they can exponentially grow their business and impact while creating the lifestyle and freedom they are looking for. We help them to attract their soulmate clients, to get really clear on their offers so they are in alignment, and to sell with ease, grace, and confidence while being authentic. So if you feel the sales game is in your way of just delivering your beautiful products and services, we should have a call. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, book your sales assessment, and let's just have a chat on how we could support you so that you can go for more impact, more revenue, more freedom in your life and business. So let's dive in to this beautiful conversation with Holly Chantal. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'm so excited that you are here, Holly. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you have such an amazing success story, a dream probably for lots and lots of coaches. You went basically from zero to six figures in only 18 month. And I know for so many coaches, like the six figure business is such a big number. And so many coaches never, ever get there. So I just want to, you know, applaud you for the amazing success. And have you always been 
a confident salesperson? Um, well, it's funny because I, I don't really consider myself a salesperson. And uh, I want to kind of qualify the, the six figures in 18 months. That was not my goal. Uh, I thought it would take me about 10 years to get to six figures. That was wow. like, that seemed reasonable. And if I was making $30,000 a year, I was happy. Um, I just graduated college and uh, like that, uh, you know, 50,000 would, would have been incredible. And um, so for me, I think the sales part just came naturally because that's not really what it was about. It was really about making a living doing something that I really, really loved. Mm. And um, my, th that, that for me was most important. It's like, how can I uh, be happy with the work I'm doing? Because my parents, you know, were, or my dad mostly, uh, for him, his job was a kind of necessary evil in order for us to have the, have uh, make a living essentially. And I didn't really want that for myself. Yeah, I love that. So how did it happen? I mean, did it happen by accident <laughs> or what, what did you do? Because I, I know that's a pretty big goal to have and you had give yourself 10 years, but then you somehow overachieved. Yeah, well, what I found was that it, it, it wasn't, there, there wasn't as many moving parts as I thought there was going to be. Um, for me, it was really about getting very, very clear on what the work was that I was really good at and wanted to do. And from there, I think that the, the passion that I had for the work and the results that I was able to get people kind of spoke for itself. So my service essentially sold itself. And uh, at the time, I think the hardest part was really nailing down those foundational pieces of who did I want to work with and what did I really want to help them with? And like I said, I was starting right out of college. So it's not like I had a ton of life experience <laughs> to leverage. Yes. And, and uh, so I started off with website strategy. Um, I've done, uh, I had had a couple businesses before when I was, uh, uh, I started my first business when I was 19. So I was pretty young and how I really grew those businesses was with build, building an online presence. And um, so I took that forward into my coaching business. And um, I mean, that's something every coach needs. So it actually just ended up being a really perfect fit. And I developed my way of doing things. And that I think was what really uh, captured people and made them really want to work with me because it was, it was different. It was more straightforward. It was not um, a lot of I wasn't using a lot of um, sales tactics. It was more so that I was just selling the love of what I do and, uh, and, and allowing my clients to uh, bring their passion forward in a way that was really attractive to their prospects. Hmm. I, I just love that. You seem to be like a natural entrepreneur. What was the very first thing you ever sold in your life? <laughs> oh, I... I I think I sold like beads and knickknacks on the side of the road back when I was maybe six or seven. <laughs> I've cool. always been an entrepreneur at heart. <laughs> yes. And do you, do you remember the, then the first time you received money for your art? Good question. Um, I don't think I actually sold anything back then because I lived in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I had everything set up, but no traffic. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So you learned an important lesson really, really soon. Yes. You need <laughs> traffic. <laughs> If no one knows what you're set that you're selling anything, they're never going to buy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could think of my, let's say my first business. Um, when I was 19, I raised uh, parrots, raised exotic birds. Um, I, we had a partnership with a dealer, with a breeder, a deal with a breeder rather, uh, where she would give us the babies once they were hatched. And then me and my mom would raise them and sell them. And uh, for me, that first time that we um, found a home for one of our birds, it was amazing because it was, it was, it was that kind of what I was saying before, like getting paid to do something that we would have loved doing anyway. We got into it because it was fun. Um, I have a whole, I have a whole background in um, raising animals and Uh, for us, it was an opportunity to kind of turn that passion into a, a stream of revenue. Um, and what's really funny about that is I was the one funding the project and my mom was the one feeding the birds. So I actually had like a little staff. <laughs> <laughs> This is so cool. And I was the one, you know, marketing and, and yeah. bring in finding the right homes and making sure that we were matching our, our babies essentially with uh, really great homes. because that's, that's very important to us, obviously. And, um, and yeah, and, and my mom was working for me. <laughs> that's, that's great. What, what a great start into your entrepreneurial journey. Did you ever have a job or did you skip that part at that experience? Uh, I kind I, I did have a job, uh, out of, when I graduated college, I worked at a ballet school when I was starting to get my coaching business going. And again, it was one of those jobs where, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a very hard time leaving actually. Uh, and it allowed me to really get a foothold in my coaching business so that I didn't have the, um, you know, worrying about finances and that kind of thing. So I was able to take a few bigger risks than maybe I would have been able to. And um, it was a really good compliment because the job that I had was uh, I was a residence director. So basically I was living with like 20 teenage ballerinas um, and when they were in classes, I could be writing blog posts and webinars and that kind of thing, uh, working with clients, um, in between, you know, in between the, the active part of that job. So it worked out really well. Yeah. I can see that this would have been hard to leave. <laughs> Sounds like a really perfect fit. Great. So, yeah, I mean, Receiving money for something you love is such an incredible experience. You said also that because of the job, you kind of had not that, well, you didn't really need to get money into the door. You could just follow your passion. What would you say to a coach who is struggling right now because they burned the bridges It's just the coaching they have and they try to get clients on board. And I talk a lot about neediness, like that energy of neediness. How do you see that and what advice could you give them so they get to that stage where everything is fun? Because that's what I, what I heard you say. The birds were fun. The ballerina stuff was fun. Everything was fun. And it probably made it a lot easier to be successful because you enjoyed it so much. Absolutely. I, as what is something I tell my clients a lot is, is that you make different decisions when you are in that place of needing, needing to survive. So when you are kind of trading off, you know, 
building this business that I really want, but I also need to pay my bills right now, you make completely different decisions than if you had a solid foundation, um, knowing that your needs were met and then getting a, being able to exceed from, succeed from that essentially. Mm. So if you're in that place right now, I, and I've been there, um, a couple years ago after I started having kids and kind of my entire, my entire life and business shifted, I was in that place for a while where, uh, for me, survival was, um, you know, more of a physical thing. <laughs> my body was shutting down and I was burning out and I was yeah. making decisions very much based on the, the, um, that desperation and that neediness of, you know, I, I need to be able to, I need to do things this way. Not, I want to do things this way, if that makes sense. And so what, how I was able to shift that was to start thinking from an outcome-based perspective. Um, so when I'm making decisions in the here and now, instead of, instead of attaching those to outcomes that I need here and now, like I need to make this much money this month, or I need to be able to only work this many hours this week, uh, that kind of thing. Instead, I was looking ahead, like what, what did I want the outcome to look like um, a year from now, two years from now? Like what, what kind of business do I want to build? Because what would happen is, is I would create this kind of perpetuating, perpetual problem where you're making decisions on the here and now, but what you're creating is not sustainable for the long term. And it's not, it's, it's, it, you're, you're kind of working yourself uh, into the same situation over and over again, instead of being able to lay the foundation and grow something to to the the goals that you really want i'm not sure if i'm explaining that very well <laughs> yeah well that, yeah I, I, I totally yeah totally i i totally get it okay so basically if you're struggling right now and obviously you need to kind of meet your needs and need to pay your bills have still the long or midterm vision in mind because the decision making will be different yeah so if you if your idea to you know, meet your, your financial needs for the next month is I'm going to create this group program and I'm going to fill it with this many people at this price point. But then you've created a, a situation for yourself where now you are so focused on delivering this program that you can't create something for the next month because you don't have the time, the energy, the headspace to be able to do that. You're basically recreating that problem again. Where if instead you looked at, okay, you know, six to 12 months from now, I want my business model to look like this. This is where I'm going to start. Once this is full, this is the next step and the next step and the next step. Your steps will be very different. And instead of facing the same problem over and over again, you're, you're continually succeeding beyond that problem and, and, uh, kind of taking the step to making the steps up the ladder versus staying in the same place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Otherwise you're going to spin in circles because you're just repeating the same challenge over and over and over again. And if you, right. You're not taking the whole picture into account when you're making decisions. It's kind of like, you know, what do I need right now versus, okay, once this works, then what happens? Yeah. 
So what would you say is a good foundation? What would people need to have in place so they can kind of get out of that vicious cycle? So I do a lot of foundational work with, uh, with my clients and we begin with what is that vision? What is the, what does the business model look like? What kind of work are they doing? Oftentimes I find coaches and service professionals are really only looking at that low hanging fruit, the place where they feel that the most confident that they could sell uh, or that people already know them for a certain thing. And it keeps them kind of, it keeps them under that ceiling essentially. Uh, and always having that desire to do something more, something different, something that they feel deeply called to, but they don't quite feel as possible. So that's where we start is like, what is that vision and, and all of the aspects of it. So it's not just about, you know, I want, a, I want a business where I'm working with groups and I'm uh, have this much time off. And it's not just numbers based. It's not just like quantifiable business model. It's really also looking at, you know, what are the, the things that you feel deeply called to be sharing with the world? And what are the talents and interests and special things about you that maybe your best friend or maybe your best clients sometimes um, know about you because they've gotten to know you and they've had a kind of a peek behind the scenes of who you really are. How can we take some of those things, which are often the best parts of you and bring them to the forefront of your business so that more people know about them. And to kind of give you an example of what I mean by that, is a couple of years ago, I was looking, working with a business coach who specialized in crowdfunding. And she was a, uh, a, like a very strategic, she was perceived as being a very strategic thinker and um, very dollars and cents, like as far as ROI concerned, but she had this very deep spiritual side and only her closest clients, the clients that had been working with her for multiple years really knew that about her and that a lot of the strategies she created were actually like divine downloads. And no one knew that until she decided that she really wanted to bring that to the forefront of her business. But she was so afraid that if she did that, one, people weren't going to take her seriously anymore. Uh, two, she was going to lose the, some of the clients that she had now because they uh, didn't believe that way or, or um, again, like weren't going to take her seriously. And she didn't think that anyone wanted that. However, surprise, <laughs> <laughs> when we brought that to the forefront, for yeah. one, her community was like, uh, hello, <laughs> you may think you've been hiding this, but we've known <laughs> because they would sneak into her language here and there. And the people, again, that were her, her inner circle in her, her business, it was the best thing about her. It was why mm. they worked with her. And they were so supportive of her making this shift. And um, I think we'd had, we'd had like maybe two calls at this point. We were working on, we were going to redo her entire website, redo all her, her copy, like everything. But it started with, I told her, just send some of these things out in emails you know, act as if this is just the way things are and see what happens. So she did. And she ended up selling $25,000 in a new service just that month. So it was $25,000 on top of her regular revenue. 
And it was, she said it was her, her biggest month she's ever had outside of doing like a whole concerted launch. This, it came from just a few emails and it, it was so cool because it really came from her stepping into what she really wanted to be doing. And mm. that was the catalyst for her to completely shift the work that she's doing and how she's seen in the marketplace. And we eventually, you know, launched that new brand. And now uh, just the other day, I, I'm, I'm still on her list. Just the other day, she was sending out pre- like uh, a forecast for, you know, the way businesses and, and how we're going to be operating going forward as we enter the Aquarian age. And I just thought that was so cool because just a couple of years ago, she never would have shared any of that and we would not have been able to benefit from it. Yeah, totally. Like when you really step into that authenticity, when you allow yourself to shine in the way you are and not how you think you need to be to be perceived as a successful person, um, that makes such a difference. I, I, I don't know about your personal experience, but when I learned that it's totally okay who I am when calling, cold calling on the phone and either they like it or they don't, I make a sale or I don't, that took so much weight off of my shoulders. And it was that moment where I had so many more conversations that were pure fun. And I did not allow myself to go there before, but that was such a big learning curve. So when you shared that beautiful success story of your client, it really reminded me how important it is, even with small things we might not see as important because I thought I had to be in a certain way to be perceived as a successful salesperson. Absolutely. Do you have those experiences or was it, were you like in flow from the beginning because you had all these positive experiences lining up? Oh yes, my life, I'm just perfect. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel, as you were saying that, you know, learning that lesson of, of, realizing that you really can just show up as who's as who you are and people are going to like it and some are not going to like it and that's okay um as you're saying that i was thinking like i feel like that's a lesson that we have to learn over and over and over again it's it's one of those things that it's a part of your personal growth and you it's almost like you you break through that shell and then it regrows over time because you you've basically reached a new level of who you are and as you begin to grow in that new version of yourself, you start coming up against new limits and you have to break through them again. So Mm -hmm. right now, you know, this is who I am. I get comfortable showing up this way. And then as I grow, I start to realize that maybe I need to be showing up in a different way. And then that's the new challenge. Like that's the, the piece that I I need to become okay with putting out there. Um, So it's, it's something that I personally have definitely come up against um, multiple times. Uh, and it's at, to the, to the point where at this point I, I have learned to recognize when it's happening and just kind of let it be <laughs> and just examine like yeah. when those thoughts are coming up, like, okay, like what's really going on here? Is this, um, like, where's this fear coming from? And is it a fear that, uh, that I can ignore, or is it a fear that is actually going to be a detriment to me? And most of the time, if you really break down that, that thing that you're actually afraid of, it's, it's not as scary. So to to take your example of, you know, making cold calls or um, right now I'm doing direct outreach to people that I, I don't know 
and, you know, trying to build partnerships over for, for over the next year. And when you think about reaching out to those people, like, what am I actually afraid of? Hmm. They're going to say no. Is that catastrophic? Does that mean that they're going to go out into the marketplace and tell everyone else what an idiot I am? No, (laughs) that's not how this works. It might be a, okay, you know, our messages don't have a fit or our audience isn't a fit, or it could just be the timing's not right now. I not good right now. I have partners already booked for this amount of time and I don't book out that far, you know, contact me in six months. I have never had a bad experience doing direct outreach yet. It continually comes up as a fear every time I go to up level and, and, and meet new people. And I think it's just a natural, it's just a natural part of our personalities. Um, and it's, it's something that you get used to overcoming to the point where it's, it's less of a fear, but it always is going to be there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, so wonderful that you shared that. And I, I feel that so many people can relate and that's something like conquering that fear over and over again. Um, yeah. is just part of life, I guess. Yeah. I have so many yeah, more questions. I mean, if you look at, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if you, if you listen to interviews with like famous singers and actors and that kind of thing, they always, they still get nervous getting on stage. Yeah. It, that part never goes away. And for us, it's just kind of a different stage, I guess, that we're looking at. Mm. Yeah, that's a wonderful picture to have in mind when we think about conquering a fear. Uh, I have so many more questions and I'm so happy that we do have a second episode coming up, a second interview. So thank you so, so much for sharing. And you brought us an amazing gift. Uh, We're going to put the link obviously right under here. Um, It's a trailblazing trifecta worksheet. Can you explain what that is? What, What would people get? Yeah. So we talked a lot about being able to do the work that you love and a part of do part of that is obviously being able to sell it. And the trailblazing trifecta is a framework that I use myself and with my clients to make your services and your work easy to explain so that people really get the value. Um, and all it really does is help you bring context to how to what you're saying so that when you're explaining what you do, they can see themselves, they can see themselves in what you're saying, or they can see a friend or someone else that needs your services and really seeing how it's going to help them. Um, And it's easy. It's three sentences and you can use it if you're speaking at a networking event and telling people what you do, if you're doing a webinar, or if you're, you know, just even just having a sales conversation, it'll really help you put words to um, words to your work that feel like, like you're actually capturing it, which I know is a huge challenge, especially for coaches. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing that. I really appreciate your time today. I just love this conversation and I can't wait to dive in deeper, especially on the theme of rejection. Um, That's such a big one, especially for heart-centered entrepreneurs to get over that hurdle. So I really want to touch on that. Thank you so much for having been here. 
Well, what an interesting conversation. First, I loved how aligned we are in our thinking. It's always so much fun to find someone in the market that so comes from her heart, that has had so much success and fun in creating her business or her businesses, I should be saying, as she already started out so very early in her life. And I love how you can realize that you have put a goal, you have put a plan into place but you have given it a huge time frame like Holly had for her 10 years to six figures. And all of a sudden you realize because you're bringing so much fun, so much value to your clients that you achieve your goal in only 18 months. I find that pretty astonishing. I would love to know, do you have stories like this you would love to share with us? Just email us to info at and we would love to hear your stories, your aha moments, also your takeaways from the podcast episodes. Why are you tuning in? What are you getting out of this podcast? And what could we deliver so we can serve you even better? Thank you so much for having been here today. Once you hopped on over to christineschlonsky.com, you will find the podcast tab with the episode links. So 330 is a wonderful Holly Chantal with the resources we mentioned. All the links to Holly are just one click away. You will also find the transcripts, the keynotes of this episode. And once you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment right into your inbox. And if you feel like you really want some amazing, amazing support, it is not too late yet. We are just starting out. But on January 25th, I will be giving a live workshop that will be turned into a do-it-yourself workshop at a later point in time. But in this live workshop, I am going to lead you through my heart cells power formula. And this is a five day workshop where I teach you each and every day for about an hour and answer your questions. So it's about an hour to an hour 30 that we will have together every day during the course of the workshop and where I help you to transform your mindset into a sales success mindset where you start to enjoy sales conversations, where you might not even love sales conversations and where selling is so much more fun so you can do it with ease and grace and confidence and you can have so much more impact. You will find that at heartsellsmagic.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for all you do in this world with your beautiful gifts. Make sure you tune in for the next episode where Holly and I are going to talk about the best way to handle indecision in a sales call and to give you some ideas around this topic. And for right now, I'm just saying have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Mm -hmm.